The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Welcome back to the I Am Independent podcast. Well, here we are with season four. We nearly didn't come back, believe it or not. We thought, are we repeating ourselves? Have we said all there is to be said? And of course, the answer is no. There is so much more to learn. The music industry is ever-changing. And one thing's for sure, independent artists are always going to need knowledge and support and encouragement. So here we are. And we're really pleased to bring you some great guests covering new topics, but also old topics at new angles as well. As always, you can contact us with any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover or any questions at all. On Instagram, you can find us at We Are Independent Artists. You can also email us on info at iamindependent.co.uk. And there's lots of information on our website and our YouTube channel as well. So grab a pen. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> That's us. You didn't think we was going to be coming back. I think people kind of... You didn't think we were going to be coming back. Sis, I was done. I was thinking, do you know what? What I just think is that I want to feel purposeful with everything that I'm doing and I don't just want to do things um, just for the sake of it or just because I said I was going to do it. And what's good about us is... (laughs) What is the great um, combination of me and you is that you are dedicated, loyal, you work through pain is what you do. So you (laughs) you will stick with things until the wheels fall off and what it and that is like quite a recipe for success because more things can succeed because you work through if it's like boring or the pain or whatever and me I'm like no I'm not why I'm always asking why am I doing this is it purposeful um like analyzing where it's going and so what's I think what's great about that is that we really do um know why we want to do things and why we're sticking with things and um (laughs) and you had did help me with like not being done with I'm independent podcast because I just feel like we've said everything and like what is else is there to say have we is our mission complete is how I felt like have we helped artists it's It's funny it was hilarious to me that you thought everything had been said because to me even as a having worked in this industry for over 20 years now you know artist radio manager I'm always learning new things and always hearing new things and also the landscape's changing all the time faster than ever at the moment there's there's always the things but I think also you know we've we admit it we've been away longer than we intended to be but there's been some good reason with that as well I mean obviously you've had your album which went incredibly and that was a lot of it takes a lot of energy or any artist listening to this will know that it's quite exhausting um, and you kind of do need a break after you've put something. It's, it's like literally, you know, that labour, the childbirth and then just needing that, that, that rest afterwards. And obviously I've been busy with the artists I've been managing again. But I think when we, you know, got back together and said, look, are we going to do this again? We're like, no, there, 
there is there's artists out there who need help who need uh, advice need to know they're not alone and they're the things that have kept us going when we felt like giving up really so that's kind of why we're back here isn't it it is that's why we're back here and also we are learning i know me specifically just how do you do business and and so to even just to be really like transparent it's like we do i'm independent and um it's not something that we can like financially rely on it wasn't really our thinking to do that when we went in but we do see it as something that is a business venture as much as it is a passion so we're still kind of learning how how is this a business and so we do put a lot of effort into it so my thing was how do you balance the effort with what we are personally getting out of it outside of feeling like we're being help to the industry that we work in you know and we're contributing um so for a full disclosure we're still working that out and I think that is also a part of my thinking but um having started this back back up and talking to new people and interviewing new people like there is stuff still to give and there 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 is a contribution to still be made to um the industry and to artists and so that's why we here. We still out here. And we're excited about this season because we suddenly, when we started to make a list of people to speak to, we've got some really amazing guests coming up with some really new angles that we haven't covered before um, and some with a different take on um, subjects that we have um, tackled. So we're excited about that. And the other thing that you're going to be hearing us talking a lot about is we have something exciting coming up just for you, independent artists. Um, We're not going to announce it just yet. Uh, It is something we've been working really hard at and it is one of the reasons why we've been away so long we have been beavering away for something that we hope is going to really really help in a practical way we're going to be talking about that a lot more uh, in the coming weeks we will let you know about it hopefully uh, god willing before christmas um so yeah yeah we're, we're looking forward to um this new season we are going to be chatting to nick who is a lawyer nick uh, let me see if i can say his surname right eziafula that's it He's an amazing lawyer, but with a really different take. Um, But before that, we thought we'd start each episode with a challenge and with a win, because this independent life (laughs) is full of challenges. But sometimes we need to go, oh, did I have a win this week? And we're like, actually, that was a win. So, Beeb, what have you got? Have you got a challenge or have you got a win this week? Um, I have lots of challenges, but I'm going to be talking about a win. (laughs) No, I'm going to be talking about a win. I'm going to keep it positive, sis. Um, I have a win. Um, Recently, I had the distinct pleasure of um, being a a contributor to an album um, by an an incredible DJ, composer, musician um, called Matthew Herbert. And he he makes he does so many things. I'm not going to explain his whole entire career, but do check him out because his music is so interesting. He is such an interesting creator. Um, he he's just into creating sound and sonic experiences that um, you may not even understand, but he wants to move you, or he wants to challenge you, or he wants to challenge himself or he's communicating about something politically um, and through, through, through audio. And so um, 
it's he's a really interesting art, artist who I've admired for so long and I've seen artists collaborate with him who I admire for years and I, I never it was never even a thought in my mind that I would be an artist that was able to collaborate with him but he was making a new album under his um one of his um artist names Herbert he makes albums under Herbert albums and he put out online somewhere that he was looking for artists um, to collaborate on this and I, d- I literally randomly saw it because I wasn't even following him on Instagram but I randomly somehow saw it on someone else's story or something and I just saw I, and he was like oh set you can audition for it send something in and I just thought oh I don't do auditions sis that's what that's what it is so don't don't do that, do I? And it's a, it's more of like a pride thing, I've realised. It's an ego thing um, of not wanting to be rejected um, because I f- maybe feel like, you just need to meet me. You need to meet me first. <laughs> um, but I, he just kept on bugging me for a whole day. And I just thought, well, I've literally got nothing to lose. Um, I know what also happened is that he started following me on Instagram, and but he didn't communicate and he, he's not really, doesn't seem like a person who follows many people. So I feel like he wanted me to audition <laughs> without asking me. So it was just bugging me. And I was like, oh, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to send something in. So I sent some, some, some track, something. I can't even remember what. And basically, long story short, is like, yeah, he, he wanted me to be a part of the album. And, um, and part of the audition also was to sent him a video talking about a piece of music that meant something to me and that was also interesting because he wanted to know somehow wanted to know the person right it's not just about the music so I sent him this piece of music that I walked down the aisle to when I got married and I was just being my you know I was like I'm gonna be me when I explain this so the way I'm talking now in my annoying animated (laughs) way is where I did it but it seemed to work and yeah I got to vocal three tracks actually it was supposed to be one maybe two but he got me onto I've got three tracks on his album that I was able to record remotely at home and the album is so interesting because he has got a bunch of female um independent artists to to be the vocalists on his album and his album is uh, is, is kind of about being at home and dancing and togetherness that is sonically very varied very interesting and he wanted to give opportunity to um artists who are lesser known and women in the business and so that's my win that came out a few weeks ago and i'm really proud of it so check out muska m-u-s-c-a um the album on all streaming platforms Bandcamp is good because you you know help the artist even more maybe you want to buy vinyl go for it and um you'll catch me on a few of his tracks my favorite is gold dust that's my favorite i like that one as well that is a great win that is a great win um so i'll bring a challenge there i'll be i'm gonna bring a challenge which i hope see how i'm gonna spin this I hope this week's challenge, this very thing, is going to be next week's win. Oh, okay. I like what you did there. <laughs> so my challenge this week is that next week, as we record this, next week, or towards the end of this week, actually, uh, we both actually head off on tour with Jake Isaac. Jake yes. Isaac, who I manage, um, and Bianca is the support act for that tour. So, yeah, it, the, the challenge is just that that um, bit before a tour when... 
you know, especially with this one, this tour was moved definitely three, maybe four times. So it was meant to happen in, you know, 2020 in the spring, was moved to um, the autumn, was moved to the spring and now to the autumn again. So, um, you know, people who, some people who brought tickets for this tour brought them a very long time ago. So there's the challenges anyway when you head out onto tour, are people going to turn out up, you know, especially doing a new, um, touring a new album and new songs and seeing how they're going to resonate with people live for the first time. But especially in a pandemic, following that you know really are people going to turn up that kind of thing but also all the logistical things I'm going to be uh, helping with some of the driving and some of the practical stuff and the merch and things like that so at the moment there's quite a few challenges and last minute things to iron out but I'm also really looking forward to just I mean live music live music is back dare we believe it so really looking forward to that and just a great bunch of people that we're going to be with. The fact that you get to be there, B, as well as Jake and Joshua. Luke Smith is also going to be opening the tour as well. So, you know, some of my favourite people are going to be on this tour. So, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a challenge logistically this week, but I'm hoping next week I'll be able to talk about how well it went. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just lots of coffee. Yes, lots of coffee. Well, you know I drink loads anyway, but yeah. Lots of coffee and, like, little sneaky, like you know, you time, even if it's just for a minute, standing in the toilet stall going, okay, woosa, <laughs> might be the thing. But yes, that's cool. Well, we're going to get into our first guest. Yep, he's amazing, as I said, a lawyer, but also an artist and also a manager. That's three wishes in one, like a kinder egg. <laughs> Welcome to a new series of the I Am Independent podcast and as you know one of the things we think you can learn the most about through being an independent artist is to hear other people's stories and to hear from experts uh, in the music industry which can be a little bit overwhelming, a bit of a minefield to be honest. And uh, we were just saying before we started recording we have never spoken to a lawyer before and how lots of artists are a bit wary of lawyers but we have found a nice one. <laughs> um, Nick is a friend um, and also a very very unique perspective because not only being a lawyer he's been an artist and he's also an artist manager as well so very unique position we know that he's going to have loads of gems of wisdom and the thing I love about Nick is he always always gives it straight he will always give a straight answer and he's definitely on the side of, of the artist as well so Nick welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for those kind words. I appreciate it. <laughs> Do you sometimes, if you're at like uh, music industry things, are you like, which thing should I lead with to get someone on? Should I say, I, I used to be an artist. Should I say I'm an artist manager? Should I say I'm a lawyer? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one. It's, you just find the right way to mirror your audience, really. And then that's the best way to begin. Right, and and right. often the, the thing that gets interesting is when people realize there are other areas to you know my background and they think oh hold on you're a lawyer as well or like, hold on you know you're a rapper as well and they can't sort of picture it but it helps to to, to show there's some layers there <laughs> so how long have you been um on the legal side of um the music industry are you specifically um working um with music in terms of your legal work so not exclusively music. It's a huge part of what I do because I come from a background making music and music 
it's kind of my, my deepest passion, really. It's what, what really uh, lights me up. Um, so music's always been and always will be a huge part of what I do. But I also am very active in other in other areas of the entertainment and media business. So I do a lot in advertising, do stuff in tech. I work with influencers, all sorts of things, really. Um, and as for how long, well, I always get a little nervous with how long questions because it starts to reveal my age. But um, I, I trained at a, a bigger law firm in the city, which had a bit of a media leaning. Um, and I was back in 2005 when I was a trainee lawyer. Um, before that, I studied uh, to become a lawyer, um, did my law degree, and then I did uh, a year at law school. Um, so it takes quite a few years to, to, to even get to the, the part where you're qualified as a lawyer, your actual solicitor, qualified as a solicitor. And I've been qualified as a solicitor for 10 or 12 years, quite a long time. Um, so, yeah. Mm. I mean, I've been in this. I've been in this game for a while. Been in this. Give <laughs> me an animal. <laughs> so, what about the um, the the rapping? Then was that something that came afterwards or or before? Where where did that fit in? So sort of the unusual thing, I guess, about my path is that it's been side by side all the way along. So, I mean, I start started first writing and performing lyrics when I was uh, a teenager. Um, so this would be back in the mid. 90s and um i would kind of rap at house parties and then i'd do open mics at, at kind of club nights or do things on pirate radio um, but my first actual release was in uh, 2000 uh, i had a, a, a sort of one-off final release the first thing i ever put out did my first album while i was at law school um studying to be a lawyer i did my second album while i was a trainee lawyer in the city um, and then fast forward a chunk of time, I did my third album uh, a couple of years before I was made a partner at the law firm I'm at now. Um, so I've always done both side by side, which is a, an unusual path, mm. to be honest. Especially in the genre, really, that that you um, I mean, I think. And one of the things that we want to ask you a bit more about a bit later on is specifically how there are certain genres um and I think that's down to people's backgrounds that are um, less clued in on legal side or realise it and can be taken advantage of because of that. And certainly um, the music genres that come under black music culture are definitely, I would say, would, would fall into that. But did you specifically, um, as you were studying law, think about how that would affect or help you in your music career? Did it, did it make you approach it differently? It definitely did. Um, one of the things I became aware of early on was that friends of mine in the business, or to be honest, I would just say in the scene, because at the time I was getting involved in music, there wasn't really a business of kind of UK black music, UK hip hop in the same way that there is now. You know, things have grown a lot in terms of the, the business, the infrastructure of it. It was a lot more informal, there was less infrastructure. Is more of a scene and my friends in the scene culturally would always ask me questions you know they would say well he's a lawyer ask well he he knows about this stuff ask him i was a student you know i, I wasn't even quali wasn't even nearly qualified but i had an interest and i was trying to learn and i would, I would get all the, the well-known textbooks by a lot of the um leading music lawyers that have written textbooks about music law and try and get my head around these 
different and unusual concepts in, in music law to try and understand it. And it has informed what I've done in, in my career. I mean, when I did my last album, I, I did a, a record with a independent label who put the album out with me and I wrote the contract. They said, you know, you should write it. <laughs> Normally a label would send you a contract. And they're like, Nick, you should write it. You know, you, you know what you're going to put in there. So, so it was a, an interesting situation. In terms of um, the role of um, a lawyer um, in terms of the relationship with an artist, I had a lawyer um, many moons ago that it was interesting at that time that um, I was introduced to this lawyer. Pretty, it was kind of pretty well known at that time. And um, we ent- I retained him. We entered into like um, that sort of relationship like that. And he... His role was not only just the legal stuff, but it was also there was kind of a introducing me to people, kind of um, slight, not even managerial, but it was it was definitely something for connections as well. Is that still the case um, yeah, in terms absolutely. of that that relationship? Yeah, it's it's a key part of what what we do as lawyers. So. I mean, the core service that we provide is is legal advice, and that's helping people with deals, helping people manage their business, helping them understand their rights and make decisions in an informed way. But, you know, the real value add that we can provide is based on our experience, our understanding, our network, we can often bring opportunities to our clients as well. So a good example at the moment, you know, I have um, within my music um, practice a lot of talent clients you know you work with labels publishers etc as well but I work with a lot of talent and there are two or three of my talent clients right now who are looking for new deals and I'm helping them find those deals and I'm setting up uh, conversations with publishing companies or with record companies um, or even helping them find managers and stuff so definitely that's the, the value add that we try and try and bring for our clients where we can the challenge is you know we're not we're not salespeople mm. and we're not paid to pitch mm. you know we you know it's not like you go to a plugger um, and you're you're specifically trying to engage them to get you in front of people it's not quite the same with all you pay us for the legal work mm. so there's always a bit of a balance and there are some clients that come to us and don't want to hire us to do much legal work but want want us to spend loads of time trying to like find them opportunities mm. and the balance doesn't quite work mm. but then the clients that are really gonna um, gonna make the most of those opportunities. Are really in a position to capitalise on them, and and who are kind of good growing clients for us. It's a no-brainer to try and put things together for them because it's going to be beneficial for everybody, for them and for us. Um, but I must say, especially within the areas of music that I'm particularly passionate about within the black music space, I often do what I can to try and hook people up and bring opportunities to people, you know, regardless of whether there's anything in it for me, because I just want to see the, the scene in the community uh, develop and grow and just feel like, to your point earlier, Loretta, I feel like there's a bit of a deeper understanding that people could benefit from. And I've, I, I understand a lot of this stuff because of the training and the experience I've had. So I feel it's only right for me to try and share a bit of that and help out where I can. I think it's, um, I was always, um, because uh, Bianca had um, her lawyer before I was managing her. 
And um, I was quite surprised that she had a lawyer at that stage. And um, I think a lot of independent artists don't. Um, Nick, because of how long that you've worked in the music industry, you'll have seen the swing that we've had in recent years from more and more people choosing to be independent for that being a much more feasible option. Um, could you talk to us a bit about um, the difference between, you know, um, legal requirements if you're working with a label or if you are independent and how that's still really important or in what ways it's important if you're independent as an artist? Because I think sometimes people can think, I don't necessarily need that or I can just write an email. Um, but yeah. what are some of the, the things they need to be aware of or look out for? So regardless of your path, independent or major or whatever it would be, um, you are in the bit, if you're in the music business, you're in the business of monetizing legal rights. You know, the way you make money in music is by generating income from your copyrights and from several other rights that you have as well and from other activities and from, and from business relationships that you have. And those rights are uh, set up by and governed by a legal framework. And those business relationships are fundamentally contracts, whether they're a written contract or not, still a contract and that's a kind of legal concept as well. And so no matter what route you, you'll need to navigate your way through certain legal issues and make sure you're doing it the right way. I think um, a lot of people come to a music lawyer when they want to get or they have got a deal mm. they need doing, right? You know, I've got a record deal, I need a lawyer to look at it, you know. And I guess if you're an independent artist, there may be this, this, um, this view that, well, I'm, I'm releasing my own music, so I don't need someone else to help with that. But there's still deals involved. There's still transactions that you're doing. So you, you need a distributor to, to release your music through. And there are various different ways of doing that. And some of them can offer fairly complex deals where there are lots of different moving parts that you need to get your head around and, and handle in the right way. Um, and also, if you collaborate with other artists, then you're probably needing to make sure that you're holding all the relevant copyrights in the right way and agreeing the right splits and shares of various income streams with people and it's all being managed in a fair and open and transparent way and that involves deals being done so we we help independent artists a lot with those two things in particular you know lots and lots of clients i've got who are self-releasing their music especially at a particular stage in their career where they're building their profile and maybe seeking further investment later on but at this stage they're building themselves up a lot of them are self-releasing through a distributor and they're collaborating with other producers, writers, artists, and we'll help them with their distribution deal, we'll help them with their collaboration agreements, etc. And just make sure everything is done in a clear and neat and tidy way to make sure there are no legal surprises waiting down the line that could make things a little more difficult for them. Mm. Um, so along that line, it, it sounds like there there it's important for an artist to um be aware of um all the legal implications of the of the decisions that they're making and if they can um get help legal help to make sure that their affairs are taken care of correctly that they should um often um independent artists particularly um finances are aren't you know 
aren't at a premium it's it's uh, it's hard to find the money to do that because you're trying to make your music and all different things so if an artist is you know collaborating with producers and and trying to work out splits if they can't get legal representation um what sort of steps can they do in their dealings with with these other people um to make sure that they are just doing that in a way that helps them and doesn't have legal ramifications down the line. We we often advise some sort of paper trail through its emails and and you know definitely having that converse, those conversations as early on as you can. And there's there are informal ways of doing it that you ha- can have a paper trail. But what would you say? How would you say they should approach that? There's a few things that, that spring to mind. Um, so one thing is. Um, I would say don't assume that you're not going to be able to involve a lawyer in what you do at all. Now, obviously, it comes with a cost and it can be complicated and sometimes that just puts people off even asking. Um, But I have relationships with clients from well before they're at a stage when their career is bringing in a lot of money and we can at least give them a pointer in the right direction or just send them away of a useful resource to look at. Um, And as things progress with them, our role gets more and more um, involved and you know, the, the business relationship between us and them grows. Um, so that's one thing, like, but don't assume it's impossible. Another, another way in which um, that can manifest itself is on many deals that you do with a company that might be looking to invest in you in some way and, and, and have a position on your legal rights. So whether it be a record deal or maybe a distribution deal, often it's possible to get some kind of contribution towards the artist's legal costs from the company. Now, not always, and it depends on the scale of the deal that you're doing. Um, but it is often possible, and it's one of the first things we would ask a distributor or a record company or a publisher when an artist or talent bring us in to help them on a deal. So, okay, well, how can we, is there any way that you can make a contribution towards their legal costs to make this more feasible for them? And there are legal reasons why it's even in the company's interest mm-hmm. to do so. A simple uh, explanation of it is if a lawyer's been involved on behalf of the talent, then the contract's more likely to be binding. And there's less likely to be a chance for the talent to try and get out of the deal later down the line on the basis that they didn't understand what they were signing. So don't assume you can't get a lawyer. There might be ways, you know, is one thing. But even so, there are clearly times where it's not cost effective mm-hmm. to, to hire us to, to, to work on something. Um, I always say, in an ideal world, you have a lawyer at your side in everything you do in the music business because there's you know, legal issues involved in everything. But not only is that most, most people's idea of hell to have a lawyer in the room at all the time and people can't stand us. But also, it's too expensive. It's terrifying for some people. Um, so in reality, you can't. You've got to choose when to involve a lawyer or not. And so this is the second key piece of advice. Think carefully about when it's worth bringing a lawyer in, when it's not. So on a one-off transaction that doesn't have an impact on your long-term career that maybe isn't worth a huge amount of money, yes, it would be helpful to have a lawyer look at it to make it be done in, in, in the clearest, most accurate way. But it's not a huge risk if it's not. If it actually goes wrong and you've messed up and somehow, you know, the rights sit in the wrong place and you're not really going to get paid for it properly, it's a shame. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to ruin your career. If, on the other hand, it's a, a long-term deal of some sort, a long-term arrangement that does fundamentally affect, you know, one or many aspects of your career on a long-term basis, then it's really worth thinking about involving a lawyer. A good example would be 
a management agreement that will, will govern your all your income streams that relates to all the different activities you have in, in the entertainment business for, for a number of years or a long-term record deal or publishing deal. All these things are putting in place structures that will probably last for quite a while. And I, I get sort of um, frustrated to hear all too often people that enter into these things lightly without the right guidance. And then they come to us afterwards saying, can you get me out of this thing? You know, because I've signed something that's, that's actually put me in a difficult position or it's just not worked out right. So that's the time that it is worth spending, you know, somehow. Um, and they're, you know, as an independent artist, I get it, costs, I mean, I am an independent artist myself and yeah. things are expensive. And sometimes you think I'd far rather spend a grand on a music video than I would on a contract. It's like so unexciting, is that even a word? It's just not, it's not very, it doesn't feel very rewarding to spend the money. What do you get back for it? You get peace of mind or you avoid a risk. And, it's a bit like pe paying for insurance. Yeah. You know, like all I can see is the money going out. I don't really see the. But when that problem comes up, it can really be, you know, be worthwhile. The other thing is, it's not only about avoiding risk. Although what we lawyers do is help our clients avoid a risk, but actually also we help bring opportunity to clients as well. Mm. You know, to set yourself up in the right way can actually give you um, a real leg up in your career. So it's important to look at it in terms of what opportunity getting some advice can bring. But then to, to answer your question, you know, you were really asking about when you can't get a lawyer, when you can't, what do you do? And it, I guess a good example would be in the arrangements between an artist and their collaborators. And you talked about things like sending emails or just capturing things in writing in any way. That's excellent advice. You know, if you're, if you're collaborating with people in the studio and working together as early as possible, you know, without it being awkward, it's important to find a way to get consensus on who owns what and where do you come out of this, you know, and, and what are the splits in terms of ownership, what are the splits in terms of income? Mm. Um, and, you know, I guess to do that well, I would recommend that people kind of educate themselves a little bit about the, the legal rights that are involved. So I'm always surprised by the number of people who still um, get confused between the two key copyrights, I guess, that are involved in the music industry. So the copyright in sound recordings mm. and the copyright in compositions. Mm. And I'll go into the studio and say, you want to agree it's 50-50. And 50-50 in respect of which yeah, right? You know, and are you talking about 50-50 ownership or is one person owning it and splitting the money 50-50? And I say I'm surprised by this. It's not surprising because these things are technical. And it takes a little bit of an understanding of, of how those rights work to kind of handle that properly. But it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not impossible to get your head around some of those basic concepts to the extent that you need to in order to agree something with your collaborators. So read up is another thing I would suggest. You know, search online and there are various courses and, and um, resources out there to help you get your head around some of these basic concepts. Look at some of the textbooks, you know, legal textbooks, and just get a basic understanding of those things. And then you can agree something by email or, you know, write something on paper that, that helps you at least have clarity and consensus. And that is a big way of avoiding problems further down the line. 
Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page. Just search I Am Independent and you should find us. And do follow us on social media on Instagram at We Are Independent Artists and on Facebook under the same. Also on Facebook, you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas, collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged. You can find links to everything we do on our website, www.iamindependent.co.uk. I guess, so. I mean, you, you may have um, answered it in what you just said, really, but it, are there some things that really consistently... Um, or a bit of a bugbear for you that you hear or, or if you like if there's one thing I wish you guys would do as independent artists or, or would know or would t- pay attention to um is, is there anything that comes to mind it may, may be in with what you've already just said yeah I think in a, I think I couldn't help myself but <laughs> touch upon some of those things and, and by the way there's no sort of um you know no shame in not knowing about certain stuff I and mean, we only know about it once you find out about it um, so I don't, don't see it in that way, but I just feel frustrated on people's behalf, not frustrated with them, it's more frustrated on their behalf when they muddle up the key rights and just don't really have clarity on on, on what they're talking about in terms of ownership of rights and splits of money. You know, Some of that stuff can be boiled down to something quite basic and can be, can be discussed and agreed quite easily. Um, and the other key one is that whole... I mean, I, I've had a, a whole thing of people not getting legal advice until they, they're trying to, you know, unravel an arrangement that they've put together, trying to get out of a contract. I always think, oh, it would have been so much easier to spend that money on doing the contract the right way in the first place, or as good as you can in the first place, rather than try and spend money on legal advice later to unravel it, which is much more challenging. So that's the other frustrating one. I actually had a, a client once who, who approached me about getting advice to, to do a deal um, I quoted for doing that advice. They felt it was too expensive. Went ahead and did the deal. And I said, perhaps don't do this deal because there are things about it that are fundamentally not great. Kind of gave some free pointers. They went ahead and did the deal and it went badly. And they came back to me, I think it was within six months saying, get me out of this deal. Um, you know, what, what can you do? And, and it was just really frustrating because there's not that it limits what you can do at that stage you know um so those are my my key frustrations i guess but hey no judgment because yes. you know we've all been there <laughs> so if um a independent artist wanted to approach um a lawyer to get to retain them for legal representation how would they do that i think um in my experience i was kind of introduced to somebody this person would be great and then you know, and, and outside of being introduced um, and connected, that cold, cold calling thing can be really, really hard. But how, what would be some pointers? Um, oh, sorry, and also, sorry, I'm interrupting it. you. What, what should they look for in a lawyer as well? Wrapped up in that. Oh, what should they look for in a lawyer? Okay. So, I mean, there, there are different ways of, of getting in touch and any of them work, hmm. you know. I mean, a, a referral from someone trusted always helps with any kind of connection you want to make, right? You know, um, so when we are approached by people that we already know, say a manager that we might work with a lot, who says, I've got a new artist that I'm looking to, to work with and I'll need some representation. You know, we're, 
we're, we're very focused on that because um, you know there's some context already. But you know, one of my long-standing uh, and, and best music clients, cold called our our um, our reception, um, and I think they did the same with lots of other law firms in town, and maybe spoke to a few lawyers, and it was me that they ended up wanting to to continue working with. I think I was probably person who understood them best <laughs> um, and so we've been working together for over a decade now um, done all sorts of things and you know big things to come so it doesn't matter how it comes and, and lawyers are looking for work you know we we're nothing is promised so and, and we, we we kind of live off our client base really we we need business we need instructions coming in for us to have a career so we're always looking for, for new stuff um, it's worth it's worth having a sense of what you need. There are some people that come to us without really knowing what they need. That's fine in a way as well. It's nice to just meet people and say, look, here's what we do, here's what we can offer to help, and when you need us, come back to us and we'll do more. We'll keep an eye on your career from afar and maybe you know we'll, we'll speak again later down the line. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also good to know, like, okay, now's when I need a lawyer. This is what I need them for. Here's the documents they're going to need to look at. You know, here it all is. Let's... let's, let's um, Let's, let's discuss. That's a good way to engage a lawyer. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if you could speak into a bit as well, like, um, you know, like we, we've touched on one of the reasons why I'm independent exists is this, this shift to being independent. And in the past, you know, to be signed to a major was the holy grail and the only thing that matters. And although that's a good option for certain genres and certain artists, um, other artists are never going to attain that. And many artists don't want that. Um, what would you say in terms of uh, the legal landscape um, um, for independent artists who are starting out? How feasible is it from your perspective, what you've seen in, in representative and people over the last decade for people to have a sustainable career and not engage the majors, but to be a completely in, independent artist? Are you seeing there's more people choosing that, but is, are you seeing that as being a successful way to be as an artist? I'd say it's more feasible and the prospects of success are better than we've seen in many years in the industry. Um, it's a great time uh, to, 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 to pursue that kind of career in music. And there are a few reasons why. I think um, access to the audience, access to the market has been made much more direct and, and, and much easier. There are so many different models and opportunities to get your material out there in front of the marketplace and ways to interact with the, with your fan base through social, etc. So there's really a lower bar to entry in some ways. Uh, there, there was a time when I was first getting into making music and trying to release music, um, again, showing my age, I hate this, but there wasn't even YouTube, you know, let alone streaming and all the different platforms and ways to access music and and to get my music heard and and released involved um pressing up vinyl and trying to get it played on the radio etc and there were costs involved with with that, that that are a bit of a barrier whereas now you know you really can get your get your music and your visuals and whatever else in front of the audience quite quickly um and, and cheaply so that's a huge opportunity and also um that's entry level, right? 
fast forward to like established level where you've got an established fan base and there's a sort of a, a, a real business opportunity there. Um, pursuing that independently, if you can do it in the right way and really deliver to your fan base what they want, you can keep the lion's share of the income rather than the other way around if you work with let's say a major record company who, who will have a, a bigger split, I guess, of the the income off the record rights, for example. But but we talk about it in more general terms. You know, if you're if you're running your business independently, connecting with your fan base independently, in all the different ways that you can make money, probably make a, a much uh, you, you'll make you'll keep much more of the income than if you've got other big partners involved who, who will also want a big chunk of the income. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's just business, it's how it works, right? If someone else is going to invest and front the cash and take the risk on something, then of course they're going to want a big chunk of, of the, the upside when it comes in. But it's really viable and it's really interesting. I mean, we've seen, we're seeing people pursuing their careers independently and doing, you know, becoming some of the biggest artists out there. Mm. So AJ Tracy, mm. D Block Europe, uh, all sorts of people who, who are really going a long way. And when they have a hit, the amount of money they must get out of that hit will be bigger than, than the hits that you, than, than, than what artists are assigned to big companies who have big advances to pay off and big budgets to, 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 to recruit. You know, there's, there's a difference in what you, what you keep, what your take is at the end of the day. So it's a great time to be independent and there's real opportunity. Another thing I'd say about it is, um, if you, there, there are lots of different uh, almost price points or different different positions you can have within the market. There are some artists out there who may not be the most well known, who who have a really clear sense of where they fit in within the market, mm. who their audience are, who their customers are, and what they offer to them. And they just focus heavily on that and deliver what their fan base wants. And even if your fan base is not massive, if your fan base is dedicated and if what you're providing is what they want that can be worth a lot of money you know you can generate a lot of income and have a very strong and, and stable career and there are a lot of people doing this in an almost under the radar way where people don't sort of see for example there are a lot of people who who aren't as focused on streaming uh, income as as a, as a leading source of income for their for their artist proposition they might be more focused on merch and physical sales and live and other activities and as a result you know the big numbers don't don't, mm. don't seem to be there for them so a lot of people overlook it and assume that they're not really being that successful but there are some artists there who, who are doing very well despite not having giant streaming numbers they're doing really well in other ways um, and, and they've just figured out what's right for them and what works for them and their audience and they've capitalized on it you can have a great career in that way yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of some people now who, like, they seem to just ignore the, yeah, the streaming aspect of it, for example. Um, there's artists I collaborated with recently and they, yeah, they were focusing on spending their money on radio pluggers and, you know, in, in the club scene and, and, and other aspects. And it's, and they just couldn't care less about streaming, but streaming, but they travel all over the world and they, you know, they work, they create scores for films and they do also all sorts of other things that um 
they've got a really varied and fruitful career and so I think it's important for artists independent artists to hear this so that they can um, maybe experiment and approach their career especially at the beginning in, 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 in an experimental way to see what they connect with what they enjoy and also what people enjoy when they interact with them um, because the streaming aspect does seem to scream the loudest right now but it isn't for everybody and it doesn't have to be for the artists all the artists that um, are getting into this space yeah very well said I couldn't agree more and you know there's a bit of an obsession I think these days they say things like these days <laughs> I don't help myself but there is a bit of an obsession these days with with numbers and stats mm. and huge online presence and vast reach, mm. but the kind of old um, chestnut of quality over quantity mm. can often be quite meaningful. Mm. Um, and there are people who who, who run a, a smart business model mm. off, a, off a sort of smaller number of very engaged fans. And actually, you know, for some independent artists with the style of music that they do and what they want to do, you know, it's not going to necessarily be on the top of the mainstream playlists on all the streaming platforms. It's more going to appeal to particular people that like a particular thing. And those people might be spread across the entire globe. Mm. And with the tools that are in place and the ways of getting to market that, 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 are, that are out there now, you can reach all those people around the world who, who are into your particular niche thing and when they're really into it mm. and they're really engaged with it, then, you know, they'll buy the T-shirt and the hoodie and the ticket <coughs> and the vinyl and whatever else. And they're with you, you know, and they might even um, fund you, uh, you know, crowdfund you with Patreon, whatever else, you know. So you can have a really motivated and engaged fan base. Who, and that's a really valuable thing to have. Yeah. And in some ways, you know, maybe that's a, a more valuable thing to have. Than a vast audience who are into you whilst you're, you know, the the, the big thing and, and, and you're being put in front of them um, by, by the kind of uh, infrastructure and the machine that needs to be in place to do that. Um, you know, which is better? It's, it's hard to say, you know. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's really, really interesting. And it's, it does give you food for thought in terms of what sort of career do I want to have? And... Um, perhaps it is achievable to have a sustainable career if you want one, to have one that lasts a long time, um, if maybe you're not trying to be a firework um, in that particular way, because the fireworks, they do need a lot to get them up there. Um, that might not be the direction for all of the, uh, for the majority of independent artists, maybe. Uh, one of the things that we, we say quite often, um, which really ties in with this, is about how important it is to define what success actually means to you individually. Because I think these days, see, I'm going to say it as well, Nick, um, then we, we definitely buy this version of what a successful artist is. And that is new, all the New Music Fridays, you know, uh, certain numbers of streaming, really big online presence, all of those things. That means you're successful. And it's interesting because sometimes there are artists who um, have quite a lot of streaming numbers. I and mean, that's one of the least ways that artists can actually earn money. And they're not necessarily having a sustainable career while they're flavor of the moment. That's that's all fine. But but um, knowing what would be successful to you, like, is it to be famous or is it to be able to do your arts 
and to be able to pay your bills and eat from it? Um, is it to be able to travel? Um, is it to be able to collaborate with different artists? Th- those kind of questions will really tie in with the root if you're honest with yourself about what success means and why, what your motivation is as well. I think that's that's um, quite um, quite key with the approach and model that you're going to take, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that's golden advice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's key to know where you fit in, where you want to fit in, what you want to do, what, what success looks like for you, um, and focus on that. Um, and and what, it's also really easy not to know, you know. Mm. Um, it's hard actually to, to, to really crack that and really understand it, you know. Um, I'm not sure I ever nailed that as an artist, you know. I think I haven't finished my journey with that and I'm getting a little bit more focused on actually, hold on, maybe this is where I fit in, mm. you know. It's, it's a difficult thing for people, it's mm. challenging. Um, it takes a lot of self-awareness and humbleness to really think actually this is this is this is what i do this is what i do best i don't really do that that well this is what i do let me find the people who care about that and and connect with them and then find a way to make that remunerative make that viable you know that's not easy yeah it's been so good. Great um, advice, Nick. I, I love hearing you talk anyway. Um, we've done quite a lot of serious and heavy stuff. So we, we have got some kind of, well, you, they, it depends, they might not be silly answers, but we've got some lighthearted questions to finish with to get to know you a bit better, if that's okay. Um, so first, we would love to hear um, three highlights from your career. And then three things that people wouldn't know about you or wouldn't, would be, might be surprised to know about you. Wow, okay, I'll do my best. Um, so highlights from my career. Um, look, when I first uh, got a training contract, you know, a lot of people study law and try and get into the profession. And, you know, it's a, it's a challenging landscape. It's even more challenging now. Lots of people applying, not enough people getting getting roles. When I first got a, a training contract at, at, at a top law firm, that was a huge thing for me. It made me have a five-year plan in my life. I was like, wow, I actually have a plan for the next five years, a real one. Um, and then equally, when I was made, you know, fast forward many years further down the line, when I was made a partner in a law firm, it was kind of a big, big step for me. Um, so that's two. Um, another one, I'm trying to think. I'll tell you what. When I, so, so one of my key contacts, um, people that I work with a lot is one of my closest friends and he used to be my manager. Uh, and we took our first steps in the business together in a way. He was working in a record company and then managing me on the side and I was studying law and doing my music. And many years later, we still work together on a regular basis and, um, you know, we hang out as friends and then I work with his clients. He manages lots of artists and just realizing how far we've come and that, 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 you know, we're still being ourselves and doing the same thing we did back then when we were young people, but we're, but we're, we're doing it in a different way now. And there's so much more going on. That's another, it's not a one, one particular moment, but it was sort of a moment of realization that like, wow, this is what we've always wanted. And actually, I'll give you a fourth as well. I always wanted to have a job where 
I would be maybe working in an office, but I'd be playing music and I'd somehow be part of my job. And like listening to music could actually be something I get somehow paid to do. And I was sitting in my office listening to demos from an artist I was going to represent thinking, hey, I did it. <laughs> Here I am. So yeah, I've given you a and what was the other one? I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish at multiple questions because I guess... I guess yeah, so. I did fire them all yeah. at you at once. So so three things that people uh, might be surprised to know about you. Right, okay. Um, I can hear my, my wife's voice, like, sort of, you know, cringing as I say this, but um, I love karaoke. And, and I like kind of cheesy, corny karaoke. So my oh. favourite song to do... In karaoke is um the righteous brothers um the one from the ghost movie that one the yeah. song that's what i go in for we do i do that i'll, I'll do made you look by nas as well but, do, uh, but first i'll go for, for for the righteous brothers um, so that's one thing that perhaps i i i kind of admit more than i should i should probably keep that to myself and i go to karaoke every month with a group of lawyers who, who i trained with people that we met through the law world and we go and we we, we sing corny songs <laughs> uh, it's very liberating i recommend it um what else i think you know what i'll struggle to find two others that i'm actually willing to admit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one now. I've shared quite a lot there already. <laughs> yeah. I, I might, look, quite a guilty I might leave it that. there in the interest of damage limitation. Yeah. Okay, we'll let you off. <laughs> that's so good. It is so great to speak to you, Nick. And um, it would be great to maybe speak to you again because like, you are a manager as well and, and, and an artist. And, and balancing all those things, being a lawyer as well, I think that there's there's another interesting conversation to have around that, especially for independent artists who want to make their career sustainable and maybe they need to do some other things around it and whatever. So I think that it'd be great to chat to you again sometime. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some really, really great insights that we can share. I, w- I would love to. This has been a real pleasure um, and uh, I hope it some of the stuff that we've been talking about is is of help to your audience and if anyone needs me they Mm. can find me my name is very googleable (laughs) um so 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 look for me if you need any pointers or anything reach out and here i am give Um, give give our audience your name and so they can google so my name my name is nick eziefula e-z-i-e-f-u-l-a um i'm a partner at a law firm called simkins um, but you can find me. You can find me under Nick Ezefler on Instagram um, or on LinkedIn. Uh, but if you just Google my name, then all my profiles come up. You'll awesome. find me. We'll put all of your bits in the in the show notes. And yeah, awesome. So thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you, Nick. It's been Real great. Pleasure. Real pleasure. Thank you for having me. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. Music